Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Chuck and Winkler. We are served up by Perkins. I'm Bart Winkler, Ryan Horvat. The Bucks 50 wins on the season, and it is still February. That is amazing when teams have a kind of record like this this early they tend to go on to win the NBA Finals. Six teams that have started 50-8 and eight, or somewhere there about even better have won the NBA Finals. The one that didn't had a 3-1 lead in the Finals. It was the Warriors. We all remember that. The Cavs came back. And I think as we bring in Matt Velasquez from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and Matt, always a pleasure, I think that what we saw on Thursday, or early in the week, Tuesday, Tuesday, what we saw on Tuesday was... The Raptors seemed to do exactly what it was they were doing against the Bucks last year. They were shutting down Giannis in the lane, and they were making their threes. I didn't think it was sustainable at the time for the Raptors to do that in four games. They did, however. But I think you've also seen, while that is a really hard way to win each and every time, even one time, I think you saw the Bucks learn from that series because Giannis more patient in the third. They found the outlet guys in Marvin Williams. Defensively, they were great. And if you're going to allow a team to shoot all those threes, they have to make those threes. I just thought in one game we saw, it was like the first half we saw how bad it was, but then how much better the Bucks have gotten since then, Matt. Yeah, I think that's uh, fairly accurate. I think the Bucks handled it a lot better. I think there's a big difference in, uh, in not having Kawhi Leonard there for Toronto. I know that they try not to talk about that and not say that it makes that big of a difference. I know Nick Nurse did everything he could before the game to not say Kawhi Leonard's name when asked about differences between the two teams over the years, over the two years. But, um, you know, I, I think you kind of see how big of a difference that makes. But also the Bucks handled things a lot better. You know, Giannis wasn't trying to force things. Uh, he was trying to take more mid-range shots, uh, and not, you know, rack a bunch of offensive fouls trying to, you know, fight his way into the post. He found his teammates. He, he rebounded, you know, even harder. Um, you know, he, he did what he needed to do, and their defense was able to stay consistent. Um, you know, the Raptors were things at him like, Matt Thomas doesn't really play. Uh, and they they put him out there, you know, to make three threes in the second quarter, and then he kind of cooled off after that. Um, the, last year, the, the Raptors made a ton of threes. Uh Hey man, we're gonna give, we're gonna we're gonna call you. The app's kind of iffy today. We're gonna give oh, you. great! All right, fun. Yeah, we'll uh, talk to you in one second. So, Matt Velasquez will be joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Kind of just joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. We're trying to make things sound sharp and clear, and normally it's good to go, but sometimes it's not. So we'll go back to 
1985 uh, technology. A little behind the scenes. Yeah, a little, little behind the scenes. Uh, Matt Velasquez. All right, so where we were, Matt, with the way that they played on, on Tuesday, it just I think it calmed a lot of fears in that the Bucks can beat the Raptors, should have come down to it. And the other thing that maybe we didn't mention, they don't have that closer. They don't have Kawhi Leonard. So there were a myriad of reasons how the Raptors beat the Bucks last year. The Bucks seem to at least have the edge in 2020. Yeah, and, and Serge Ibaka didn't shoot well. Kyle Lowry didn't play all that well. Um, you know, they had a bunch. Fred Van Vliet, you know, surprisingly, isn't going to shoot like 70 percent every game against the Bucks. Um, so, you know, I, I thought that you know the Bucks really kind of exerted their will, especially over the last, um, they'd probably say. 27 minutes of the game from the from the three minute mark in the second quarter all the way through the rest of the game they were they were really good they were able to uh, scramble on defense help out um, make make steals on on kickout passes um, you know, find open guys on offense do do a few different things on offense they they were getting open looks I think it helped that Giannis was able to kind of get to the corner and he, he made you know a pretty big corner three late uh, we don't see him through a lot of corner threes but you know him keeping the defense off and moving over there. Um, you know, I think that was that was pretty meaningful. Chris Middleton uh, getting comfortable to his spots um, and, and turning out in the second half, I think was was big. And I, I mean, the Bucks have the best record in the league. They've been the best team in the league all year. And you know, exercising some demons at Scotiabank Arena, I think uh, you know might help them a little bit in the long run. Talking with Matt Velasquez, Matt underscore Velasquez on Twitter, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JSOnline dot com. Giannis hitting that three was great, and I think that. You wrote a piece on it. It was just after. It was only two games as a sample size. But when the Bucks were playing without him because of the uh, birth of his child, he said he was still going to the gym and working on that jumper. Look, I know it's just a week of practice, but it does seem like his mid-range game, which he will need to draw on in the playoffs, it seems like just since the birth of his kid, he's almost a completely better player just in that regard. Yeah, I think he's really been going to it a lot. Um, we've seen a lot of those turnaround jumpers. Um, you know, I, I remember there being like a little step back, you know, kind of a 15 footer against the Pistons. He's got a pretty decent amount of confidence in his just pull up jump shot in general. Um, so, you know, he, he's going there and he knows that teams are going to try and pack the paint and make things more difficult for him to get there. And that's a way that he picks up offensive fouls. And when you're going like one on two, one on three, trying to get to the paint, uh, as gifted as he is physically, um, you know, you can't always succeed that way, and so he's trying to to find different ways to to get his his buckets and different ways to be effective on offense. And I think that's that's good. Uh, it's, it's definitely a positive. It's a way that you know he recognized last year in the playoffs. Like that's where Kawhi Leonard got a lot of his points uh, in that Eastern Conference Finals. You know, he was you know burying the Bucks from the mid range, and because he was so proficient there, um, it, it made it hard because that's the kind of shot the Bucks generally want teams to take. Um, and so Giannis knows that if he if he can't get to the rim all the time, uh, he's going to have to, you know, up his mid-range game, you know, not force it, but when he has opportunities, he needs to take them. And, and I think we're seeing a lot of that in the last four games. Matt, I was actually really surprised that Ursan got the did-not-play coach's decision against the Raptors. Is that kind of what the rotations are going to look like right now, or is it just going to differ each game, you know, whether they go small? I really like to pick up a Marvin Williams so what are you thinking the rotations are going to look like now? Yeah, I think that Bud's still figuring that out. It's only been, 
like five games with Marvin Williams. Um, but I think that the Raptors are a team that, you know, it just makes more sense to have Marvin Williams out there. Um, he is able to be a little bit more um, versatile in terms of who he can defend, and he's, I think he's a little bit quicker, a little bit more athletic uh, than Ursan is. So you can put him on a guy like Pascal Siakam, or yeah. you can go over to Serge Ibaka, or he can handle, you know, with Ronda Hollis Jefferson or whoever it is, you know, is, is playing the, the four or the five. You know, I think Marvin can can handle that. Ursan, um, I think you probably use him more against um, maybe a traditional big, as like you know, Ursan is the small ball option. Um, I think there are going to be times where Ursan's going to play. I don't think Bud's just going to not play him anymore. I think he, where he likes his game too much and trusts him. Um, but I think that you know Marvin's going to have his uh, his opportunities against certain teams, and I think that the Bucks uh, like the way he's fit so far. Absolutely. When I look at guys that come out of Villanova, I'm a big Jay Wright fan. So like with Jalen Brunson, with Dante, I just like the intangibles that they bring to the floor. I just think that Jay Wright is a great teacher of the game, so I love the draft pick. What have you noticed different about Dante from this year, from last year, besides the fact that he's getting more run and he's healthy, but I just think he's becoming a great player. I mean, you saw what he did on the glass the other night against the Raptors. Good defender. What have you noticed, uh, if anything, that's different about his game from last year to this year in his second year? Yeah, it's funny. Bud gets asked that. Uh, you know, every so often, the answer's always, well, he's healthy. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that's great. Um, yeah, but I think the big thing with him is that he's confident. Uh, he knows exactly, you know, what he needs to be doing on offense, on defense, where he needs to be uh, on defense, where he can kind of, you know, read things, maybe gamble a little bit, make some deflection, steal. Um, you know, and then he, he's, just, he's just got a nose for the ball. I mean, no matter where he is on the court, no matter what's going on, he's going to find a way to, to – involve himself uh, with with a play on the ball. He's going to go up for rebounds offensively, defensively. He's going to get in the passing lanes, um, and then on offense, I think he's still progressing. But he's you know he's better as a as a ball handler, kind of figuring out where to get guys and how to help guys out. Uh, his cutting's been really good. Um, so he he doesn't necessarily he hasn't been shooting the ball necessarily great consistently. He's had stretches where he shot it really well, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, if he's doing all those other things well, I think Bud is going to be continually pleased uh, with what he brings. You know, it's surprising that the Lopez brothers, as we talked to Matt Velasquez, General Sentinel, uh, haven't played on the same team since Stanford because what better way to replace someone than bring in someone who's pretty much like the guy he's replacing? And obviously the similarities because they're brothers, but now that Robin takes three-point shots, my brother and his buddies, when they drink, they have a drinking game. Certain things that happen in Bucks games. And Robin Lopez hitting a three was one of those things. They take a shot, and they have to take that out because now he's making threes more occasionally than just occasionally, and he's doing well there. But defensively, too, I think it's been great because when Brooke Lopez would leave the game defensively, maybe the Bucks didn't have anybody last year that could fill that spot. Now they can just bring in his brother Robin, and the stat that blows our mind, we saw it in the ringer this week, is for guys at the rim, the best rim protectors with percentages defensively in the whole league, it's Giannis, Brook, and then Robin. These guys have been tremendous. How big is that, that when Brook Lopez does have to sit, they don't need to draw on a Paul Gasol. They, they don't need to draw on a Thon Maker. They've got his brother. They've got Robin Lopez playoff-wise. I think that's going to be huge. Yeah, I think that's really big, especially when you go against teams, you know, potentially like the Sixers um, or like the Raptors with Marcus Gasol. 
uh, where you're going to have a big physical center uh, that you're going to need to, you know, have you know, play a lot of minutes against. So what do you do? No matter what, you can put in a big physical center uh, who has the strength and, and IQ to, you know, handle, you know, whatever, you know, yeah, the opponent is doing to be able to, to execute the Bucks uh, defensive scheme, get guys in position, uh, and and be there to back them up. Uh, you know, I think you know Robin obviously came up huge in that uh, in that Wizards game where the defense had broken down. Everybody had gone at Bradley Beal, you know, which rightfully so he ended up with fifty five points. Um, but everybody goes towards him, and Rudy Hachimura gets wide open under the hoop, and you think like curtains, like the Bucks are done. And Robin flies in from behind, you know, gets the block, and that game goes to overtime and the Bucks win. I mean, I don't know if, if last year if Brooke wasn't playing in that game, like I would assume it was Giannis fouled out. Like Ursan would probably be in. Ursan's not blocking that shot. Like, you know, I think Ursan could have done it with getting away and got a charge somehow. Like, that, that's just not his game. He's not a shot blocker. So, you know, that, that's one, you know, kind of like tangible or, you know, obvious moment where having, having Robin as a, as a rim protector. And as that guy who's backing up Brooke, um, you know, is obviously a major boon for the Bucks. Matt, looking around the rest of the East, I know the Heat, that was everybody's hot pick a couple weeks back, especially when they picked up Iggy. They're 2-5 and five since they picked up Iggy. They've lost seven of their last nine. Boston's getting hot at the right time. Kemba Walker set out last night. They still go out on the road and win. Uh, Jason Tatum's becoming a superstar right before our eyes. You got to see Toronto now twice. This year's version of Toronto, you'll get to see him two more times. If you're making a pick right now of who could actually challenge or maybe take the Bucs to six or seven games, do you think it is that Toronto team? Because what concerns me about them, if I'm a Toronto fan, is not having Kawhi Leonard to get those buckets in the fourth quarter. They really don't have a closer as much as I like Siakam. But with Boston, they got three guys that can't get their own shot off. Yeah, I mean, I might go with... I might go with Boston. Yeah, uh, I know that they're just maybe that's because they're playing really hot right now, and Jason Tatum is uh, apparently just taking a leap, and you know that's coming after Jalen Brown, like you know took a, a pretty big leap uh, earlier this season. Uh, I think Kimba Walker's always been someone who's given the Bucks fits, um, just because of the way he can he can create uh, with the ball in his hands for himself and for others. Um, I, I just think if you you know if, if the Celtics go small. You know that that lineup of like Kemba, Marcus Smart, Hayward, Tatum, and uh, and Brown. You know, they're giving up some size there, but you know I think they could they could really give the Bucks some trouble with that unit. I don't know if the numbers you know necessarily dictate that from their from their time together on the court against the Bucks this season. But I think that you know that they have options. They're versatile. They have guys who can shoot, guys who can create and penetrate. Um, you know they've been really good. So, but I'm interested to see you know what the Heat can do to kind of turn things around. Uh, trying to get themselves going. It's kind of a bad loss uh, last night at home to the Wolves. Um, you know, and obviously the, the big question now is what's going on in Philly. Right. But now Ben Simmons hurt for, you know, the you know foreseeable future. And now Joel Embiid going out with a shoulder sprain. Uh, what's that going to mean for the, the playoff standings in the East? Right. And I saw a stat that the 76ers, 9-21 and on the road this season, which we all know about, but only the Warriors and the Hawks have more road losses, which just shows you that in a seven-game series, I just wouldn't be able to trust Philly. And I don't see Ben Simmons coming back anytime soon with that injury either. Yeah, and the problem with them, too, is that, you know, when, when Embiid and Simmons don't play, they, they're no one. They have no one. Like, and they, I think their net rating reflects that. They're not very good. Uh, probably one of the worst teams in the league without those guys, either of those guys on the court. Um you know, after they lost to the Cavs last night, which I think kind of just illustrates the point uh, pretty succinctly. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see how long Embiid will be out because they're only a game and a half ahead of the pace. 
And if, and if Embiid's going to be out for any amount of time, we already know that Ben Simmons probably won't be back uh, for a while. Uh, we, we could be looking at the Sixers dropping all the way down to the sixth seed um, and really having an uphill climb uh, come playoff time, depending on, on their you know health. Matt Velasquez, Matt underscore Velasquez on Twitter, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, jsonline.com. Always a pleasure, dear friend. We will speak with you soon. Sounds good. Talk to you guys next week. Matt Velasquez on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.